Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller for My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today, my special guest is Taryn Causey. She is the creative director for the Superhero Kids Project. She is also an animator and illustrator. Hi, Taryn. How are you doing today? Hi, Nancy. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule Aww. to be on be a guest. You're my, my second art director. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's like I got a unicorn. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I got one. So um so thank you so much because I know our directors, they're super busy and especially with what you do and uh, your freelance business. And um, I really um, enjoyed working with you um, and the superhero um, kid organization. You and Lisa do a phenomenal job um, connecting artists and, and actually I should have you explain because I know you'll do <laughs> a much better job. Um, but yeah, could you go into that a little bit? Sure. So um, I, I work for the Superhero Project. I, I am the creative director there, but it didn't start that way. Um, I did start back in 2018, I think, when I was doing caricature work in Florida. One of my coworkers, his name is Ken Nafu, um, he recommended working for the Superhero Project. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> um, I was looking for some kind of art-related project to give back to the community. And this was perfect. I mean, he he recommended it. I got in contact with Lisa Collins, who was the founder and CEO of the Superhero Project. And turns out what they do is they empower uh, youth with serious illnesses and disabilities by designing their supersonas with volunteer artists. So Ah, perfect. Um, great thing for me to hop onto. So I volunteered. I did a couple posters. Um, I moved around quite a bit. And then um, last year, I was presented with the opportunity to join the Superhero Project full time because they had just gained their 501c3 status and they were looking to start up uh, two positions. So it would be myself and Lisa, the founder. So they created a very special position for me as the creative director. And I think when I first heard the news, I went, I'm not qualified. <laughs> Because I, I don't I don't know what I was expecting that like as a creative director, you're meant to go to a certain class, or you're supposed to be taught under somebody to understand what that means. But Lisa has made it so easy, so effortless, and she's been so kind and um, patient with me as we've been learning together what it means to be a creative director. So um, typically what happens is uh, children will speak with Lisa. Um, she'll have uh, what she calls a strength-based interview with them, where they discuss um, what kind of powers they'd like to have, what tools they'd like to have, um, what they stand for and what they'd look like. And then it's up to the artists that Lisa reaches out to, and, and she has like a, we have a database now. Um, we look to the artists to design those visions in what we call power posters. So uh, <laughs> I took on volunteering with the Superhero Project at a time in my life when I didn't know what boundaries were, but I, I wanted to fill up my free time with projects like this. And I'm, I'm so glad I have graduated on up to being creative director with the superhero project, because it's been just so rewarding. <laughs> I mean, the artists that I've met and the kids that I've met and the, the, the things that I'm asked to do on a day-to-day -day basis, it puts a smile on my face and it warms my heart. So it's, it's really great. And I i mean, seriously, the range of artists, I mean, Nancy, you included, it's not just 
people who draw superheroes every day. It's we've got like comic book artists, sure, animators from like Atomic Cartoons, um, graphic designers, children's book illustrators, any emerging artists, and even more than that. So we get to go by their schedules, which is super cool. Artists have fluctuating schedules, so it's really helpful to provide them with that opportunity. Like, take a look at our calendar. What's the best time for you? Um, and then we want to make sure that this process fits well within their own calendars, which is really essential. So um, when we match them up with their heroes, these artists uh, get the interview information from Lisa, from the kids, and then they make the power poster within like two weeks or so, which... I mean, to some is really short, but I mean, I'm, I think I'm on like my 40th poster by now and it's like bing, bang, boom. You kind of get into the flow of it and you understand your own process as you also grow as an artist through these challenges. So, um, gosh, it's been a really fun year and, uh, we're looking forward to next year as well. <laughs> That's wonderful. I think it's fantastic what you guys are doing. And I, I really enjoyed working with you, Taryn. You were so nice. You were so, so were you, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I was like, oh, she's so nice. I'm like, and it, it was great seeing your own work because then I was like, oh, let me go check out her work because it says, you know, some of the bio on the website. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, I do really love your characters. Uh, oh, they are you. just really delightful. I was like, oh, these are so fun. And the way you um, draw animals and things like that. I saw oh, that I on your uh, website. Oh uh, yeah, I could tell. I was like, oh, they're so um, And then on your side, like I cutting out paper pieces and things and putting them all together, making these beautiful collages. I don't have like the capacity to sit there and the patience to do that. And when you showed like your process video, my mouth was open. I was like, look at this. <laughs> it was a whole new way to see a power poster done. And it was, it was very cool that you were able to like put it all together and make this really phenomenal poster for, I think it was, was it daredevil deck? Yes, right, yes, right. Such a cute little um little fella, and just um really sweet. I I would I really was impressed with the interview information that Lisa provides because I felt like even though I'd never met you know the the child, I was like, oh, I do have a sense of who they are, what their interests, and what their family is um into, and I felt like um it's a little different than the briefs you might get for other projects. True. For <laughs> job, And you felt like, Oh, I really want to do a good job because I, I felt like even though it's, it's really for that one um, child, you're like, Oh, I could tell from going on your guys's Instagram, what an impact it does for those kids to have some kind of positive image of themselves to be exactly. reaffirmed like that visually. I think that's extraordinary. And it's, I mean, as I've, as I've, done more and more posters and I've been able to get to know like uh, these kids and Lisa and all the artists more and more I, I really want to I really want to give these kids everything in the world like I mean some of the responses they have to what kind of superpower do you want I mean some have like I want to be able to feed all the fish in the world or like I want to be able to take care of dinosaurs and feed them hamburgers all day but then some say I want to build homes for those who are unhoused. Um, I want to make sure everyone has clothing. It's it's like Aww. really touching. And some of these kids, because um, of their medical conditions, it can be something terminal. So it, it becomes difficult also for the artist and for Lisa herself to like just to, to go through this process. And um, if a child does happen to pass away and the posters become a memorial poster, she will reach out to the artists and explain to them 
Um, so this child has passed on. If you'd like to say anything, you can, but I just wanted to let you know. So it's it's been difficult too for processing that kind of information and that sort of news just coming in pretty frequently. I mean, even if it's not for my posters, for somebody else's, I feel I feel for them. So we ended up having a mental health workshop this past year that we got to talk about that. And it was very helpful. Um, we're hoping to have more in the upcoming year, but it's a good way to bring all of our artists together and let them know, essentially, you're not alone and the feelings that you're feeling are okay to feel. So <laughs> Um, something that we're moving towards, and I hope that we can expand upon next year, is really bridging that gap between the artists. Because, I mean, you saw the prompts. We get these really great interview responses from the children. We don't actually get to talk to the kids face-to-face. -face. And same with the artists. Like, I didn't know who many of the artists were until I got in this position. So as creative director this last year, I also tried implementing um, new ways to like bring everyone together and we have our new discord and Facebook private groups so that all the artists have the opportunity to share their work in progress or, Hey, I'm having a hard time with this thing. Can I just chat about it here? Or we even have like show your pets, <laughs> but just as a sort of a way to build a community and let the other artists know that they're there. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and I've gotten to know so many more artists now and it's, it's pretty incredible this this community that we work with. It's great. It's great. Oh, that's wonderful. So where does this passion for art and also um, giving back with your art, where does that come for, from for you? Oh, <laughs> it all started when <laughs> I was a kid. You know how the story goes. Like I was born with a sparkly crayon in my hand kind of a thing. Um, I mean, it initially started when I when I was a kid, I was watching a ton of animated movies. My favorites were like Disney ones. And it turns out that most of them were uh, character designs, animation by Glenn Keane. He's got the most <sighs> fluid, I know, right? The most fluid, most believable, just uh, forms. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was like captivated at, at this. And so I I was like, I want to I want to go into the movies <laughs> and uh so I, I, I did start drawing a lot and I, I, I drew in class when I probably shouldn't have. My other peers were like, ooh, cool, awesome. Can you draw me a bookmark? And I was like, oh my gosh, you bet. Thinking I was like, I was just queen of the art world. And I had a very supportive family, very supportive art teachers growing up. So that was great. And I, I really enjoyed what I was doing. So I decided to become a professional visual artist when I was maybe graduating high school and looking for colleges. I mean, because watching animated movies brought me so much joy and kind of helped me escape into that fantasy realm as a kid and, and like write my own stories and make my own characters. And I wanted a hand in helping create that magic for other people. Like I, I wanted to be a part of that and inspiring that kind of fire for other artists as they're growing up. So I remember thinking <laughs> how amazing it would be. Um, but I guess I never imagined how hard it would be to get there. <laughs> um, I remember there was this one day in college, we had an actual art director come in and she, she brought this huge bag she had over her back and she just dumped it onto the table in front of us. And it was just full of all these postcards and mailers that other artists had sent into their studio to be like, select me, hire me. And so what she did is she goes, this is what I do for my job. And she looked under the table and she picked up a postcard and went eh, and just tossed it. 
And she picked up another postcard and went, oh, I like that this has rounded corners. I might keep this. All right, cool. Picked up another one. I think I like this art. Put it down. But most of them she just tossed. And she goes, this is kind of, this is kind of day in the life. And we're all standing there horrified. <laughs> like, this is going to be tougher than we thought. Like, it, it was hard to hear because it was something I really wanted to be a part of. And I thought it was going to be a lot easier. But uh, man, you really got to work your butt off. <laughs> And uh, I, I did. I think I did. I, I went through so many ups and downs, so many life changes just to get to where I am. And I, I really finally feel like what I'm doing in my career is helping others, um, even though if it's not necessarily like on a grand scale, like I work with Disney or, or something like that. But I some small portion, I'm, I'm doing my part to hopefully help others. <laughs> Oh, no, definitely. I agree. Yeah. I think you totally are. And I mean, it's like, um, I think the joy that you're bringing to, you know, what, even if it's just one child at a time, I mean, that kind of expands, I always think it kind of builds on itself and, and all yeah. of that. And then the connections that you um, supporting other artists and giving them the opportunity to have this experience to give back with their art. I think that's phenomenal. Oh, sure. And like, even as a creative director, I never thought I would be in something of, it's kind of like a teaching role as what it's, it's what it's become. So yeah. as a creative director, like, again, nobody ever sat me down and said, all right, kid, this is what you got to do. Um, this is what a creative director does. It was, it was a role made specifically for me to encompass all of the things that I'd be asked to do for the superhero project, because we're just a two person team. That's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. um, when I'm communicating with the artists and I'm, I'm going through them with their posters and things, I've, it, I found that I've been doing a lot of advice giving and coaching and looking at their art and giving them critiques. So uh, that's definitely something I never expected to have to do and, and calling myself like a teacher or teaching people things, um, ways to make their art better when I'm already so insecure about my own art, I felt like I was not qualified for, <laughs> but I mean, doing doing enough of this over and over again and learning through other artists and what their responses are or um, how they react to my advice it's it's definitely helped sculpt me into this creative director role that's I'm sure probably like other creative director roles but I just never knew so um it's it's been it's been an interesting journey <laughs> um and I think I think all the ups and downs in my life and in my art journey have definitely helped me gain this role. Um, and I, I think I'm still, I'm still figuring it out for sure. There's still so many things I've been, I've been learning in the role that um, I don't think I'd experience in any other role. So like, I think back to, um, oh, when I did caricature work when I was in Florida. I was in Florida for a while. That's where I met Ken. That's where he told me about the superhero project to start. And I was doing caricatures at Universal. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever had a caricature at a park. Have you ever been drawn before? Oh, I have, but it's been like ages when I was like a little kid. I was so delighted. You know, you're just like, oh, that's so cool. They're do doing all that, you know, and they do it so fast. And so it's, fast. you know, and it's, it's so like funny. magic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I always thought it was like, oh, it's so magical. I was like, oh, you know, because you know, they're like, oh, it's like, and it looks like me. And it like, looks like me. You drew me. That's so cool. I didn't yeah. know that my teeth did that. You're right. They do. <laughs> but like as a caricature artist, the, we kind of had to develop thick skin because not everybody likes having their picture drawn in a silly way. Even if they sit down for you, 
they don't know that they're not going to like it until they see it. <laughs> so being a, a caricature artist in um, Orlando and then again in California when I moved there, um, you get a lot of rejection. You get a lot of people who who will really, really hate your guts for what you've done to their face. And Aww. you were just doing your job. You were just having fun. You were just trying to make yeah. them smile. So seriously, thick skin has definitely developed in that role. And um, as a creative director, it's important to have confidence in your ability to lend advice to the artists who send in their posters, essentially, and, and who might need another pair of like fresh eyeballs to help them see that they've missed something. But I mean, some artists don't take kindly to rejection or critique, and I've learned to do my best to let them know honestly and nicely what needs to be done to help their art improve and to meet our expectations. Because I mean, again, these kids, they deserve the best. (laughs) So I mean, we we do the best that we can and I, I, we do the best that we can. Oh, but it's I a thought lot you were so nice. Well, I thought you were <laughs> very you. nice. Oh, I, thank I, you. I thought you were very nice. I mean, um, I I thought, oh, that was a great suggestion. Oh, and so it was just like, oh, okay, let me rework it. And I was like, oh, thank you. It was like I made it better. That's what I look at it. It's like if it's you know, if I'm gonna put my name on something these days, I just go like, and things you know, you want to be proud of it, and it's going to a special little somebody. That's so true. I really, yeah. So That's I always true. feel like it's very it's very custom so you know <laughs> um but yeah I thought you were great and I thought you were oh, very thanks. um patient and kind uh, to go back and forth with me uh, you know so yeah I, I thought it was great oh um, thank you <laughs> welcome yeah you're just doing your job exactly. but, um, yeah. so that's the way I look at it it's kind of um at least in the commercial fields, I find that it tends to be collaborative when I work with an art director I mean it's yeah. like you know I like to you know, here am I hitting the mark for a client versus um, uh, when you do, you know, when you are a student and you're doing schoolwork, there's that part of you that is making up a client project, but you're always going to override the client because it's just <laughs> kind of made up. But then when you're actually like working with clients, which I prefer much better because then it's like really spitting the needs of what a client needs ultimately yes. because commercial art is about that so um and who would know better than the client <laughs> so <laughs> I, that's why I look at it but no I appreciate you breaking that down and explaining that um and then oh you you guys were so nice uh Taryn you and Lisa inviting all the artists I, I hope that's okay to mention to oh, sure. a breakfast at the uh, light box I mean, oh my I, gosh that's I, right I wanted to go I was like oh my goodness I had I'd only done like the one poster and I was like oh that was so nice I mean like that was so nice I mean really sincerely very nice and I was just like I I was taken aback and I was just like oh that it's felt very honored to be even asked and um most of the times I never get asked so this was like oh my gosh it was very it was very kind of you guys um, um can you tell me how was it did you guys have a great time did you meet oh my gosh already? It was fantastic. Oh, it was a little overwhelming, but I'm so sad you couldn't be there. (laughs) And you've you've never been to a light box before, not even virtually? I did the virtual one once. Um, and that was a couple years ago. Um, yeah, during the pandemic, and I, I was it was fun, but I mean, I'm sure it was much better if you're (laughs) it was so imagine the virtual one, but like 10 times busier. It's it was maybe a hundred times busier. So um 
oh my god we saw so many art so so you had mentioned so we did um we scheduled an eat and greet so we had we'd looked at all the cafes in the area around lightbox we heard a lot of the artists that had worked with us were like i'm gonna be at lightbox and lisa and i were like Ooh, this would be a perfect opportunity to actually meet all of these artists because they are they're global all of our artists are all over the place and a lot of them are coming to this central location how cool would that be so we scheduled the eat and greet um we almost had lowish attend she was almost there we're almost bffs <laughs> but she got a little bit too busy and very understandably so so um a decent amount of folks so like it was like 16 18 people were crowding inside of this like crepe uh, Parisian cafe and we all got to meet face to face gosh it was so lovely and it just it just exponentially just increased how much I love these artists because they're so kind and they're all equally as excited to meet each other so I was like oh this makes me want to cry <laughs> but like Lightbox itself we had first been introduced to Bobby Chu of schoolism I mean he helped create Lightbox itself <laughs> And he loves what we do, which is very touching. And so he's like, you know, it'd be great because you guys need artists is um, for artist recruitment. Come to Lightbox. I will give you guys the passes so you can attend for the entire weekend. So Lisa and I jumped on it. We got on a plane, stayed nearby, went to Lightbox. And uh, gosh, it was so many new artists. I spoke to most of them. So did Lisa. Like we, we split up across the room. Like I'll take this side. You take that side. And um, whew, uh, the, the the panels were incredible. We actually got to go see our friend Scott Thigpen. He did a great a great talk about um, am I too old for the art industry and why is the answer yes. <laughs> um, we also got to see Loish. Um, she did a fantastic mental health talk, which made us all give like a huge sigh of relief together. One of her biggest things that I really related with was she said. Um, a lot of artists will tell you draw every single day, but I don't believe in that because that can cause burnout and it can cause you to not want to draw for yourself because you you just lost that drive because you're forced to, you know? And I went, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so many great panels, a ton of wonderful artists. Everyone was so kind to each other. Um, and like the energy was just absolutely electric. I've always felt such a jolt to go home after any convention and start planning my fantasy table. So Lightbox was like that final kick in the pants. And I've now applied for my first artist alley table for a heroes convention here in North Carolina for next year. Yay. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, and it was that like also encouragement from the artists themselves and the They'd be like, why don't you have a table yet? And I'm like, yeah, why don't I have a table yet? So everyone was so kind, so open and everything is just, it was just so wonderful. So I hope you get to attend next year. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I would be amazing. I, um, I'd actually taken a schoolism. I took uh, a couple classes. I, I didn't do the uh, one with the instructor. I just did this subscription, <laughs> um, oh, sure, but yeah. I did that, those classes are amazing. And then so I heard great. about Lightbox after taking, um, cause I did the Victoria Ying 
class on um, environments or oh, nice. perspective, but she's great. And she also works it with uh, in children's books because I, I love um, her work and also in graphic novels. And so that crossover, it's always interesting because there's so many people who in the animation field also work in the children's book publishing because you also have, if I, if I read it correctly, you've illustrated seven children's books. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, there's kind of one of those things because I found that animators tend to be very strong at all the things you do with animation, with character design, it falls easily into children's books. And can you, I, I'm so sorry to put you on the spot because they're not in the questions originally, but I'm having a great time talking to you. This is more, even more conversational than I'm used to, but I was like, so can you talk about some of the experiences illustrating yeah. um, children's books, how you got into that from doing, you know, your caricatures to, you know, animation and then into doing children's books. Absolutely. So, I mean, as a kid and to now, my idea of what I want to pursue professionally has changed so many times. <laughs> Originally, it was, I want to, I want to be part of the soundtracks in movies because I love like John Williams soundtracks and Hans Zimmer soundtracks, the movies that fuel that fire within me to keep going like I I I love so anyway it changed from being in an orchestra which I stunk at I played alto sax in high school awful it was so bad um then I wanted to do uh comic books and I realized I don't have the, the attention span to actually sit there and make panels and panels and panels of these comic books and then I went I'm going to do a character design and illustration and um uh, from what I had done in, in school and the, the community projects I'd done when I was like, like back in Vermont where I was born and raised and I was involved in a lot of the art projects there because I, I loved it all and I wanted to be a part of everything so my work was seen in like papers and stuff very like locally not huge things and so I was uh, contacted by a local Vermonter named Larry Dubin and he was like I love your illustration style and I'm trying to create a book and uh it's about santa claus and christmas and animals and i was like oh animals <laughs> so he was the first introduction i had into creating an illustrated children's book so it was a small group just the two of us and i was expected to do uh, he had written the story i was expected to do everything else so it was um drawing out the thumbnails um plotting out where the text would go creating the the layout so that they would work well for the publisher talking to the publisher to make sure that was going to work and I was like still in high school <laughs> never had a class about this I went online I tried to ask people about this before so kind of going in this blindly but it was still fun because my client Larry was super nice and uh, he was really funny and he really kind of let me go at my own pace. However, it came down to um, pricing and <laughs> I'd never, I'd never really sold much before at that point in my life. And I, I think I went way too low on the cost of the book, but at the time I was like, it's my first book. It's fine. <laughs> so uh, as time went on, I was also found by another um graphic designer kind of in between marketing guy and he he asked if I would do graphic design things and again something I'd never done but I tried it out just for fun and he was like cool I see you also do illustration I have a client who'd like to do a series of hippo books and I was like animals you bet <laughs> so um those are the ones I made the, the biggest series on um unfortunately 
that was not my favorite experience working with a client uh, for books, just because it was a lot of back and forth and change this tiny thing here, change this tiny thing there. Luckily, I had convinced them to let me do it in uh, digital format. So editing was a lot simpler. But again, I had to do the typography, the layout, talk to the publisher, get it all ready for that. And it was through like a like an interesting publishing site that wasn't uh, quite cohesive and customer service wasn't great. So um, <laughs> yes, I made a couple of books um, with that person. And um, after that, doing caricatures, I tried my first bit of caricature work in Vermont at like a motorcycle rally. And it was very much like, I don't know what a caricature is. I had to do the research and I went, oh, like at the fair, those, okay, sure. And my services were offered up to, to like work at a, a, a little park, like a little fair. And I, I got my first hand at doing caricature work. <laughs> and I, I learned it's a lot like illustrating, a, like making a character design and how cool is that? I can translate that to this. Um, and then as I moved on in my life and um, moved around the country, I started in Vermont, went to college in New Hampshire, all the way to Colorado, all the way down to Florida, and then all the way over to California. <laughs> um, as I progressed, I worked more on illustrative work and I went to college for illustration. I have a BFA in illustration. I went there specifically because they offered a BFA in illustration kind of a program. And I learned some really great things uh, and some not so great things. I learned quite a few great techniques. I made a ton of friends, like Aww. like art friends that I finally could connect with. High school was fun, but most of my friends went off to become doctors and lawyers. So <laughs> hard to connect on that. Um, going to an arts college, nice and small, close to home was just perfect. And I, I learned from them. The other thing I learned that wasn't so great is that maybe I didn't need to go to college to learn all that I did. I mean, my biggest takeaway from college was making my college friends. So uh, <laughs> I suppose I suppose that's a thing. But nowadays, it's okay to take your classes online. I'm sure you learn mm -hmm. the same and you don't have to pay as much. Um, and then I moved to California where I, <laughs> I moved to California because you know, they say like, you know, that's that's where the magic go, go there you you get in the biz get into a studio job you got the gig kind of a thing and yeah I um my first month there I think I met someone on the street he was doing caricatures and I was like cool I know how to do those and he goes I own my own studio would you like to work in a studio and I was like this is it it's happening <laughs> I'm gonna be somebody and um I'll tell you his name and as a warning to everyone else do not work for this man his name is rick oh. solomon <laughs> um time and time again before me and after me he has been uh scamming artists and so i bad work experience but again i made really great friends there <laughs> okay and i know <laughs> it's a little sad um luckily that wasn't my only studio experience right now currently because of working in california i met the wonderful Bill and Karen of Chubby Beagle. They're a great power couple, small studio, and okay. I am currently one of the storyboard artists for them for their animated feature. So oh, I love wow. working with them. It's so great. <laughs> it's night and day, just comparing my first experience in California to my last. And um, not having done storyboarding before, 
I, I was told by another artist, hey, your style is really great for storyboarding. You should try that because character design is really hard to get into these days. And I was like, oh, what's storyboarding? <laughs> and it turns out I loved it. Oh, I love storyboarding. I, I never went to an official class again, but like you get enough books, you go on YouTube, you can learn it yourself. And um, I made a couple storyboards, entered in for Nickelodeon's artist program. I came in like runner up which I was shocked by. <laughs> they actually called me to say, I'm sorry, you weren't accepted, but you were close. And um, with that portfolio, Chubby Beagle was able to look at my work and go, yep, we want to hire you. <laughs> so I, best of both worlds, I get to work creative director by day and uh -huh. communicate with all these artists, work with all these kids, work with Lisa, who's lovely. And then by night, I get to do storyboarding, which is like slapdash, messy, creative in a different sense and storytelling, which I love. So it's it's been a whirlwind adventure from starting off maybe wanting to be in a, in a band <laughs> to work in like soundtrack to uh, moving on to a job, to two jobs that I never thought I would actually want to have or, or get you know like it 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 evolves so much throughout and it, it's it's finally come to this point I mean I still do commission work of um illustrated pieces I love painting I love watercolor painting and using like colored pencils using traditional mediums and stuff and it'd be cool if we could do a, like a collaboration one day or if I paint it out and you can like make it into something I don't know but like oh, that would that'd be, be fun cool. <laughs> but can you like, but basically you put so much, um, persistence, like you never, I feel like hearing the story of yours, like, and that you lived it, but it's like, <laughs> you never gave up. I feel like there was this like level of like, I'm just going to jump in and try it. I, I, I mean, do you, I mean, you're just kind of naturally this person who's just like, let me just do it. Let me see what happens. <laughs> I mean, is it, is there a little bit of fearlessness that comes with our oh. personality? Oh, I wish, I wish that was the case. I'm just really good at hiding how terrified I am. No, um, <laughs> there's definitely a certain amount of like self-doubt that goes into a bunch of things, but like, I, I, I have such a drive for the things that I love to do. I, I can't just stop. I have to, I have to continue. And it could just be that I, I'm hyper fixated at something for like a little while, but I, I, there have been a few times in my life that I've been really terrified to move on and to do the thing that I think I need to do, but it doesn't feel quite right. So uh, one that I can remember is when I was living in California with my two friends, uh, Daniel and Kayla, they were also caricature artists with me over in Florida. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about moving out of California. Like I had worked my life to get to California, to get into a studio. And thanks to Rona, who, um, it had really kind of dampened my spirits. I, I felt really burnt out. The things that I was trying just wasn't, wasn't connecting very well. I wasn't even working much of a, an art related job at the time. Like I was in an embroidery shop. <laughs> so mm, it wasn't really why I moved to California. Things were got really expensive and, I know that there were art communities out there, uh, artists that I could talk to who were going through the same thing, but uh, it was really strange in LA. It, it felt a lot of, um, what can you do for me instead of what do you do? You know, it was, how can you help me? You know, it, it felt very ingenuine. And uh, I was toying with the idea of moving out of California. And I was like, Taryn, why would you do this? You've worked so hard to get here. 
and I, I actually happened to be watching uh, Steven Silver. He's a uh, character designer for like Danny Phantom and Fairly Odd Friends. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, he had opened up a like a uh, like a live Zoom call with a bunch of artists, and he was like, "Anybody's welcome to join this one." So I just so happened to join that day, and he was talking about. Uh, he, I think he wrote a poem and like, you could see all of the artists turn their cameras off because what he was saying just hit so hard <laughs> and it was so relatable that he felt like, like an imposter syndrome thing. It's, 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 it happens to artists and it's okay to, to pause for a little while, but it's also okay to like push yourself. And, um, he's like, you might be going through some things right now. I'm going to open up the floor. Does somebody have something they'd like to to talk about? <laughs> and I was like, I do. <laughs> So I told him, I said, I, um, I know, I know in my head that I should stay in California because that's where the studio work is, but I know in my heart, I, I'm not doing my best here and I could be doing my best elsewhere. And he goes, it sounds like you're missing something in your life. And that like, if you go to be with family over in North Carolina, where I am now, <laughs> it would fill that hole. And he's like, and don't worry about your art career. Art will follow you wherever you go. And I was like, Stephen, thank you. <laughs> and he said he said more to that, but essentially, like that little bit of fear of taking that next step, even though logically I should have stayed in California because that's where the studios are. Moving to North Carolina has been such a very just a wonderful adventure, and I've I've already accomplished so many things just moving here. And art did follow me. I got the remote job with the superhero project and I'm still working with chubby beagle and I am like cool as a cucumber about it. And I'm living closer to family. I have a dog now. There he is. Um, and I love it here. Asheville is full of artists who are very kind, very open and very welcoming. So, uh, <laughs> I made a good move and as scary as it was, I'm, I'm really glad I did it. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm so glad it worked out. I I think, yeah, you bring up some great points about the imposter syndrome and, mm. and kind of some of the mental health aspects of being an artist. I think um, a lot of it doesn't really get touched on when you're in school or how <laughs> when you're you're looking at social media, like for me, one of the big things and I and I had to say that in my heart I have to I love working traditionally, like you mentioned, you love working with the watercolors or color. I, I just, that's just, that's how I am. And mm -hmm. I realized one of the sacrifices that I make is that I'm not going to be fast as somebody who works digitally. <laughs> There's just, <laughs> but, but I get so much joy. And so those yes. things that bring you joy, that spark, I was talking to another guest, uh, the uh, person I was interviewing right before um, sure. yesterday, you, um, yeah, whatever brings you that spark that brings you that joy, um, follow that. I think that it can help you out in the long run, you know, and not always doubt yourself, I guess. About don't always doing. doubt yourself. Yeah. yeah. And like, even if you're doing something that no, everybody else is doing something different. Like if you would like to do traditional, everyone is doing digital, like allow yourself to be that vulnerable and put yourself out there. I think speaking your truth is, is hard to do these days. Um, especially because of social media and it's like look what I did look what I did but all of us all of us artists are just so insecure about ourselves <laughs> like it, it kind of feeds into like uh, I don't know how I, I don't post much to Instagram these days because most of my work is done for posters for the kids mm -hmm. and that's where most of my energy goes or it's storyboarding that I can't share right now because I'm under NDA <laughs> so 
anything that I do in my personal time, I've learned not to do it with this mindset. Like, all right. And then when I'm done, I'll take a picture. I'll do a square format and I'll put it on Instagram because I want to get a bunch of likes. What'll be the caption? Like, I don't, I don't think about it that way anymore. And it's been so, so much of a, like a healthier mindset. Um, what's also helped too, is I've stopped taking like open commissions. I think if, if <laughs> this past year I closed commissions totally, and it was so helpful, <laughs> especially for mental health. Like I, I got burnt out over, over the pandemic because there was just such a huge wave of artists who were like, I've got all this time now, here's all my art. And then there was this pressure to like perform and, and put your art out there. And then I started feeling insecure. And then I started pushing too hard with the jobs that I had. So it's, it's, it's been a weird, it's been a weird adventure, but I've, I've learned to be vulnerable and I've, I've learned to, um, reserve the things that I enjoy doing for myself and not thinking I'm going to put this on social media next and, and like, look for those likes. It's, it's, it's not necessary. <laughs> it's hard to come through to though, because it's, it's just so ingrained in us because we, we've lived in a digital age, but, um, it's, it's, it's a hard hurdle and I, I think I'm healthier for it. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Taryn. Oh, and, sure. and I was wondering, like, um, as far as if you could go back in time to your younger self and <laughs> give yourself some advice about this art journey that you were going on, what would it be? <laughs> well, so I, I made a couple notes on this one because it also applies to like my past jobs as well, but it could for anybody. I don't know if it'll be helpful. Um I have your, you'll meet some of your best friends in college, but you don't need to go into debt when most of what you need to learn can probably be found through uh, experience or online. It's, it's really important to go out and experience things for yourself and try things, be creative, uh, paint with your feet. I don't know, but um, anything that brings you joy, anything that, that brings that spark of creativity, just go for it. And again, like, it's okay to be vulnerable. If you're doing something that somebody else isn't, that's okay. You don't have to compare yourself to anybody <laughs> as long as you're having fun and you're figuring out more about yourself. I think that's important. Um, the next one I have here is when, uh, right. I learned when studio recruiters, like um, we spoke to folks from Nickelodeon, Illumination, things like that. When they're looking for their next hire, they're looking for someone with at least two out of these three characteristics, um, being nice, being fast, and being good at what they do. So as long as you can check off two of those, you're good to go. Cause I mean, I don't know if I can say it on here, but nobody wants to work with an asshole. <laughs> so um, definitely being nice is I, Nancy working with you because you were so sweet in your emails and like you were so kind and everything. I really enjoyed working with you. You were very nice and you were very good at what you do. And I mean, you were even fast. <laughs> it was a pleasure working with you because you checked off all those boxes and it's it's not something that I am looking for, but I did notice, wow, yeah, no, I really like working with Nancy. She she did all those things. <laughs> um, right, okay, this next one, nobody wants to work with a jerk, um, but it is tough to always be an optimistic little ball of light all the time. Coming from me who is like, I... I starting out as caricatures, I went in like bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I was like, hi, how are you? Come on, sit down. And the other caricature artists turned and looked at me like, ugh. <laughs> and I didn't understand why they weren't so excited about it. But working at caricature job for too long and uh, 
getting rejections and not being able to work on your craft because you have to just go really fast. You have to you have to make sure you can get the drawings in quickly so you can get more customers kind of a thing. It kind of just, just draws all the creativity energy out of you. And so uh, being optimistic all the time, just it just, it's hard. It just takes that, just sucks that energy right out. It's It's okay to be your true self. You don't have to be a jerk and you don't have to be just an absolute like teacher's pet you can be just yourself <laughs> um another one i have is don't let people confuse your free time with availability so definitely set boundaries and stick to them this is a tough one i still break mine but i know that they're there i've at least set those boundaries like uh the easiest one for me right now is i don't work on weekends <laughs> and if in my creativity uh, sorry in my creative director job if an artist emails me over the weekend asking for critiques and then I get back to them on Monday and that's when their poster is due, I have to apologize and say, I'm so sorry, I don't work weekends, but I can give you advice right now. Um, so that's always that's always a good one. Keep some boundaries. Um, oh, I have I have two more. So one of them oh, is <laughs> it's okay to tell a toxic client, no, thank you. And I know that it's a people say it's okay to say no as a sentence I don't like that I have to say thank you like no thank you I have to try and be polite so it's okay to tell a toxic client no thank you and um you'll learn you don't always need to apologize when someone is being rude to you <laughs> um you can if you'd like it's totally your choice um and it's totally your voice too so if someone's being rude to you you do not need to say I'm sorry <laughs> you can thank them for their time and then kindly let them go um oh and this is a big one i've learned recently too even the most simple of a contract uh, an agreement or an email chain can save you so much stress in the long run <laughs> because you'll get some difficult difficult clients for sure and uh it's helpful to look back on the, the notes that you've taken and the notes that you've shared with them that they've shared with you um in instances where you need to bring in the division of labor <laughs> which i've had to do a couple times um, it's really helpful to have a contract that you can look back on and go, actually, as you can see here, it clearly states, I can do this and you can't do that. So, um, definitely, definitely helpful there. So quite a few things I'd, I'd give myself, I think, uh, as advice, but I might not fully understand as a kid. So we'll <laughs> keep those in mind. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for sharing this advice, because I know for the listeners, most of the listeners are, I would say, art students, art teacher, art educators who are teaching future, like younger versions of ourselves. And oh, I yeah. always think back, you know, like I, I also teach um, high school um, art and during my summers, and I, I always feel like, oh, I'd like to give them because they're, they're just so, you know, it's, um, they, they want to work so hard at it. They, mm -hmm. they, they know they're going to work hard at it but they put a lot of pressure even at a young age about what they want to accomplish. And I, I, I always tell them, you, you know, you got like nine years, you know, you're like, you're like a freshman in high school. You're already doing this kind of work. I, you get, you're going to stress yourself out. You're going to burn yourself out if you keep, you know, and that a lot of these things that you, you know, you're sharing with us, you've learned through just years of just, being at it and um and look at where you are now i'm like you're a creative director you're doing storyboards and 
I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so busy. So I am so <laughs> grateful that you would even take time to speak with me, oh Taryn. And I, share I'm happy to, I'm, because I, I mean, I used to, believe it or not, I used to have even less free time because I, that was the way, you know, like as a student, you're, you're always taught, like finish this homework, work on this essay. You have a test coming up. Um, and then in the summer, you gotta get the job, you know, cause, cause you gotta pay for your upcoming tuition. So always been work, work, work. I felt if I had free time, that wasn't right. I had to fill it. I had to be doing something because I didn't want to waste my life. You know, like you're burning daylight. Like that, (laughs) that mentality has been with me for so long. And then finally, when the pandemic hit, it became like a breath of of relief. Just like, oh, (laughs) I mean, just, just for a little while, at least before the panic really set in, but it it became like, I can do the things I want to do. And I'm happier for it and I'm taking time and it's it's hard but I became aware that there's a different life you you don't have to work every single minute of every single day and you're better for it if you take time to breathe and whether that's breathing like I want to watch two movies in a row or if it's breathing like I want to go climb a mountain or it's breathing like I'm going to go walk my dog you know um it, it it's hard to sometimes break away from that constant work, 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 because that's what we've always been told. Um, but I honestly think it's, it's so beneficial to take a step back and really like pick maybe one thing you want to accomplish today, just one, and then do it. And if you feel good, do the next thing. But like even, even planning things out as a creative director, like planning on my schedules, it's kind of how I attempt it. Like what's the big thing I'm going to work on today. And these are the little guys I can easily check off my list, but I never want to overdo it because then I get like totally burnt out. I have to talk to Lisa. Hey, Lisa, I'm cranky. You know, (laughs) we're both, we've been there. All of us have been there, I'm sure. But uh, just don't try to do it all in one day. It's great advice. And since this is podcast and nobody can uh, see the work and <laughs> your your work, where can they go to see it online? Ooh, um, let's see here. They can go to uh, Instagram for sure. That's the place I keep things okay. most updated. And my handle is underscore pterindactyl underscore. And it's spelled like P, the silent P, P-T-A-R-Y-N-D-A-C-T-Y-L, pterindactyl. Um, if you go to Facebook, I'm at Taryn Kazi Art. And if you go to my website, it's just TarynKazi.com. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and let's not forget the superhero uh, project. Where where oh. can people um, find out more information about that? Actually, if they go to the superheroproject.org, <laughs> uh, Superhero Project Kids, um, we are on every social media platform at uh-huh. the Superhero Kid. And um, okay. we're going through something called Mighty Match right now, which is super cool. And uh, it'll help us go into next year. So check it out. Artists, please join us. Please even reach out to me. Um, my email is Taryn at superheroprojectkids.org. I would love to meet you. Uh, look at your work and point you in the right direction to make a poster. You can make a care card. You can just volunteer your time for <laughs> Thank you so much. And thank you for generously sharing your experience with us. And yeah, Taryn, and have a wonderful holiday. Um, The upcoming holiday, though this is going to drop in March, but for (laughs) those who are listening, but it's about December right now for us. Happy spring, um, everyone. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, so enjoy your holiday, and I hope you get some much needed uh, break and rest with your with your friend, uh, family, friends, and your fur. Uh, for a child in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. I will. And I hope you do as well. Uh, you've been kicking butt at these podcasts. I hope you get some time to relax. <laughs> well, thank you, um, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Bye. <laughs>